What's happening? Shit, I know something happening. Cause everything's moving. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Elevated Sports Podcast, and this is Eric Sagala. The following is a recorded radio show called The Unlimited Sports Show, found at GoMileHigh.com, part of the Beyond Air Network at the Colorado Media School. Are you ready? You're listening to The Unlimited Sports Show, where we talk football, basketball, baseball, and hockey. Or whatever else we want. This is the Unlimited Sports Show on GoMileHigh.com, part of the Beyond Air Network. I'm your host, Michael Kruger, and with me today is Jack Lynch on the board. Hello, Lou. So, then there were four, Jack. We got North Carolina, Duke, Villanova, and Kansas. They're the only teams left. They're only the big-time schools I left, really. And here's what Coach K had to say about facing North Carolina for the first time in the tournament. The basketball gods put two very deserving programs there because both of us uh, played well in four games to get here. This is not somebody putting you here. It's somebody earning uh, earning the opportunity. And uh, I think this will be my 98th game that I've coached against North Carolina. And, uh, you know, Roy Williams and I, uh, uh, before Hubert took over this year, we, we often remarked how lucky we were uh, to be the coaches of, of Duke and North Carolina because uh, we uh, what people have done before us players and coaches have really elevated this uh, rivalry to such a high level and to do it on this stage is uh, uh, pretty cool really Coach K is absolutely right. The basketball gods truly have blessed us as number one Kansas plays number two Villanova, while number two Duke plays number eight North Carolina. Saturday truly can't come soon enough. Jack, who do you think is going to make it out of those four? Man, I think, you know, Coach K is such a perfect story. Like, it would be such an amazing ending if he could finish it off with a win. You know, he's been the coach at Duke since 1980. He's a five-time national champ, like – Coaches like that do not come around even once in a lifetime. So to see Coach K come out with the win would probably be good for the sport of college basketball. But who knows? It's the Final Four. Anything can happen. Yeah, I for sure have probably right now Duke winning it all. I mean, I think it's going to be Duke versus Villanova. I know Justin Moore with the torn Achilles for Villanova is a really rough one. That's going to hurt them a lot because he was their best defender for Villanova. But Villanova can still win that against Duke. I'm not saying Duke's going to win it, you know, an easy, uh, you know, path to winning it all. But Villanova just keeps knocking down the threes, and that's what they do. And then also Jay Wright as the head coach. He's an absolute genius. Just slow the pace of the game. But still, even with that, I think Duke overall will win it. Yeah, and when it comes down to four talented teams like this who have already won in the tournament it it really comes down to coaching and I think the team that has the most disciplined offense and defense like maybe a little cliche but they're going to come out on top that's just how these things work 
Yeah, but then also besides coaches, the players and well, Banchero, the forward for Duke, has been absolutely lighting it up. 17 points per game in the tournament. And, you know, eight rebounds and not bad. And then you got Wendell Moore with the four assists, one steal. I mean, overall, they've been playing fantastic, but it's really been Banchero who's really been pulling it for them. And he's really making a case that he should be the number one pick in the upcoming NBA draft. Yeah, he very well could. The the other crazy part about all this is I I can't believe this is the first time Duke and North Carolina have ever played each other in the conference tournament. And that just seems so weird. Like as we heard Coach K saying on that soundbite, he has 98 games played over his what almost 40 year 50 year career almost and it's weird that this is the first time so let's just hope for let's just hope for some good basketball over there yeah i mean north carolina took down st peter's with the cinderella story 15th seed they were doing great good for them but it just wasn't enough and you know towards the end of the tournament it always kind of happens this way it always proves you know these are the big schools these are the ones that are always going to win it uh and that's that's what it's going to be this year if we now jump to the NBA, the ESPN NBA straw poll came out and it had Goli Jokic winning it back-to-back MVPs. Do you agree with that, Jack? Yes. I, I, if even taking my Nuggets fandom out of the equation, I think you can't argue that Nikola Jokic is the most valuable player to his team. I mean, if you look at where the Nuggets are at, like without their second and third best players, they're still hanging on to that sixth seed. They could very well end up the five seed. You know, Nikola Jokic finds a way to give everybody the basketball every chance he gets. He's very generous. He, he puts up just absolutely insane numbers. His triple-double last night against Charlotte just really solidified that with the 20 rebounds. I mean, nobody has ever put up numbers like this and been a more valuable player to their team. I mean, Embiid is an incredibly talented scorer, and he's absolutely one of the three best players in the entire league. But, I mean, if you look at their situation, Philly's been expected to win this whole time. They're doing exactly what they were poised to do. And Denver was almost counted out when Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. got injured. So, I think if you take that into consideration, it it has to be Jokic back-to-back. Jokic has 62 first-place votes, while Joel, who you're talking about, has 29 first-place votes. And saying that the Sixers, you know, everyone expected this, well, yes, but then the whole Ben Simmons debacle happened. And I think when it comes to MVP, it's tough because you have some people who think, you know, most valuable player is for that team. Let's say you take with now James Harden on the Sixers, if you take Nikola Jokic off the Denver Nuggets, they are for sure a lottery-type team of they're not in the playoffs. If if you take Joel Embiid off the Sixers, well, they still, I think, have a chance of the playoffs with just James Harden in that. So it's kind of like, well, what is MVP for you? Is it stats? Is it standings of where they are? Or really kind of how important they are to their team? I mean, you got to break down the etymology. It's the most valuable player. And... When you talk about value, like what is that? It, it it could be, you know, some people just have absolutely freakish seasons and it's like absolute no doubter like Giannis a couple years ago. But then in a season like this where you have so many people playing at a top level, you have to look at what they do to their team to make them winners. And I think it's night and day with Nikola Jokic. And if you take Embiid off the Sixers, like they're still probably a top five seed with James Harden and guys like that. But Nikola Jokic single-handedly putting a team in a very competitive spot in the toughest 
conference in basketball. That's just that's really what it comes down to for me. In that case, LeBron James should have should have about 12 MVPs for his time on the Cleveland Cavaliers. If we're talking like that. But I think it's really going to come down to the wire at this point. I think uh, Jokic has a little bit of a lead right now. But then I think when it comes down to it in the standings, I think that's going to be a big part of it. You know, the 76ers right now, they're one game behind that first seed. And if they get that and then somehow the Nuggets slip to the playing tournament, I could see Joel Embiid slowly get into that and actually winning the MVP, especially if he gets that scoring title. You can't argue what Joel Embiid has done. I mean, he's so talented. And uh, it, it could honestly go either way. You could even make a case for guys like Devin Booker to be up there in the conversation with the numbers and seasons that they're putting up. But I think if basketball knows what's good for itself, they'll give it to Nikola Jokic, deservedly so. We, I, I spoke uh, briefly about LeBron James right there, about him becoming MVP in Cleveland. Well, right now he's actually sitting out against the Dallas Mavericks game. And uh, the score right now is 108 to 82 right now. It's the Dallas Mavericks. Do you think that the Lakers should just shut LeBron down for the season? Say, hey, you know what? We're going to regroup and we'll do it next year. I think ideally that would be the situation. But the question is, can you get LeBron James to sit? I mean, you're looking at one of the great competitors of all time. And I don't know if he's the kind of guy who would do that, especially with the scoring title on the line. But if you're if you're the Lakers right now, you see what you have. You have limited years left of LeBron James. You probably should hold him out. Well, right now they're half a game into the play-in. Right now they're you know San Antonio Spurs are sneaking up on them. They're only half game behind them. But you know if LeBron has a little bit of an injury, I can see LeBron being like okay because LeBron yes he's very competitive, but LeBron is also very intelligent. So. I think if, if it makes sense for both sides, just sit them, regroup for next year, maybe get rid of Russell Westbrook, figure that whole thing out. You got to figure the roster out. They're too old. They need to really regroup. But though the problem is they don't have many young guys to really you know, bring up. They were so adamant that they did not want to get rid of Talon Horton Jr. to get Kyle Lowry. But, you know, looking back, maybe they should have done that deal. If you look at the capital that they have, I mean, they're slacking. They gave away a lot for guys like Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, and they don't have a lot of draft assets left. So it's going to be a real challenge for whoever that Lakers GM is to start rebuilding and turn them into the Lakers again. I mean, we obviously can't ever count out LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the same team, but building guys around that is definitely going to be tough. Yes, staying in L.A., Paul George is expected to return Tuesday to the Clippers after a three-month absence. He's hope they're also hopeful to get guard Norman Powell in mid-April before the playoffs start. And you know, obviously, they're less optimistic on Kawhi Leonard to return. But George averaged twenty-four point seven points, seven point one rebounds, five point five assists, and two steals. If they get him back, they could be a sneaky team in the West. Do not take the Clippers for granted. They could absolutely. Come out of nowhere with a healthy Paul George and a Norman Powell. I mean, we've seen that Reggie Jackson, he has been fantastic for the Clippers. He's become a star. He's even better than Russell Westbrook, but we know they have a, a history together. But I'm very excited to see how the NBA playoffs turn out this year. It's going to be a good one. Uh, but who will be this year's number one NFL pick? Find out what we have to say next. This is the Unlimited Sports Show on Go Mile High, part of the Beyond Your Network.
Colorado sports fans, you're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, fans. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy ding to the Lama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands the Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. That's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hey, man. What's wrong? I'm feeling lost. Lost? Yeah. I feel like my choices in life aren't getting me anywhere. And I feel like I don't have a voice. Well, did you know that the Colorado Media School is the perfect way for you to get that outlet? Really? Yeah. Because at the Colorado Media School, you can have a voice. Enrollment starts today. So find your voice at beonair.com. It's changed my life. Let it change yours. Welcome back to the Unlimited Sports Show. You gotta be unlimited. You gotta have a thought process of being unlimited. We are now a month away from this. We're now a month away from this year's NFL draft. Who will be number one? And what moves do you want your team to make, Jack? Um, if you're looking at the number one overall pick, uh, guys like Aiden Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker and Kayvon Thibodeau are really starting to light up the top three spots on most of these mock drafts. Uh, it's looking like a real good draft for uh, the defensive line and um, linebackers and stuff like that. The Broncos, obviously, you know, they traded their first round pick away to Seattle, which I'm glad about. Um, I'm not really sure who's going to be left there late in the second round, but um it's a definitely a defensive heavy draft with emphasis on that D-line. Yeah, for sure. This is one of those years where it's kind of rare where there's no real top quarterback situation. 
Yeah, I probably see Aiden Hutchinson going first overall to Jacksonville. The only thing kind of bad with Aiden is kind of his shorter arms. And I know it's kind of weird to say, but that's a big deal for an edge rusher where, you know, you have got to get to that quarterback right away. And then you got the Lions, which is an interesting one. They desperately need a new quarterback. Nobody wants goofball golf as your quarterback. Really, that, that hurts you. But I don't think this year is the year for them to take a quarterback unless they, you know, trade down. Get, and then take, you know, like a Kenny Pickett or Mikel. But probably Trevon Walker. Uh, you know, Houston's doing their thing. They got a bunch of picks from the Browns. But it's a weird year for sure. It's one of those years where everybody has a different opinion on the top five. You can see like so many different mock drafts. I know a lot of like the experts come out with their mock drafts trying to be shocking of, oh, I think this person's going to go number one, you know, try and get those numbers of what that's outrageous. But a lot, honestly, that's how it is this year. And we're one month away. Yeah. And the the real question is going to be, where does that first quarterback land? You know, there's a lot of teams that are in need of a quarterback that are probably going to end up passing on the guys that are out there this year. Guys like, Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. And it's I'm very curious to see who ends up taking that risk and if that risk ends up paying off. I could Pickett could, you know, land in the top top ten. But if he falls, I could see him slipping past to maybe number eighteen to the Saints. I thought that'd be could be an interesting one for Jameis to kinda, you know, take on a Kenny Pickett and kinda learn from him and you know, do things. The Eagles actually have three picks in the first round. It's that's a, going to be a good building year for them. They better not take a quarterback this year because I think that they should totally rely on Jalen. Hey, Jalen, this is your team. They've said it already. Do not, don't you dare go back on that one again. But if we're looking, I mean, this offseason for the NFL has been absolutely insane, you know, but especially when it comes to wide receivers, because we just saw Tyreek Hill being traded from Kansas City to Miami. But when you look at, you know, that's kind of the top tier of the wide receivers that were traded this year, Amari Cooper uh, to the Browns, Tyreek to Miami, Devontae Adams to Oakland. Which of those do you think is going to have the best year of the three and have the best impact for their teams? That's a really good question. Um, obviously, you have guys that are so talented. Uh I really like what the Raiders ended up doing with Devontae Adams. I think that giving Derek Carr another weapon is scary for the rest of the AFC West. I think that trade has the most potential to pay off. I'm not really sure entirely why Green Bay was willing to trade him in the first place, especially with Aaron Rodgers coming back. But um, Tyreek Hill, that move is interesting because he was on such a good team and he was so productive for so long. When you get a guy that's that talented and who's used to playing on Super Bowl caliber rosters, how do you move on from that? And Go into a situation like Miami where there's so much uncertainty. Uh, they have Tua still at quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater backing him up. I don't know if he's going to produce numbers like he ever did again. I don't think it's that hard for Tyreek. I mean, look at the money that he made from Miami. And then you're also yeah. going from Kansas City to Miami, Florida. <laughs> that in itself. I, I do understand what you're saying with the Tua Tailova. I do think Devontae Adams of the three is going to put up the best numbers with Derek Carr. I, but when it comes to impact of the team, I think that's going to be Tyreek Hill. The only problem with that 
is Tyreek, is, is he going to be able to catch the ball just because of Tua? You see the memes coming out of, oh man, Tyreek, he just beat two guys, he's running down, but then Tua tries to own that ball and it just falls flat right into the grass. Yeah, uh, he's definitely, he's enjoying life right now, living in Miami, making that big money. Uh, nobody could deny how fun that would be. But um, it's really a matter, a matter of what Kansas City lost and that uh, going from Tyree Kill as your number one option and Travis Kelsey to a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, is that really that it seems like a total negative net loss for Kansas City? Do I have to bring this up again? Like just yesterday, I will not take any Juju slander. <laughs> He's a fantastic TikToker. But if we're jumping over <laughs> to a different sport, because I don't want to get into that Jackson Mahomes, Juju Smith-Schuster thing with you again. <laughs> Carlos Correa, he hit his first home run as a twin today. And if we're talking of all the new faces on new teams, what player are you most excited to see? I mean, we have Freddie Freeman, Kyle Schwarber, Nick Cassianos, Albert Pujols is coming back. You know, I think I believe he only needs 20 more home runs to reach that 700 home run mark. Is he going to get it? Probably not. We have Trevor Story going from the Rockies to Red Sox. And then we have Chris Bryant going from San Fran to the Rockies. We got Matt Chapman going up north to Toronto and then Matt Olson trying to fill in Freddie Freeman's shoes at the Atlanta Braves. Which of those kind of players are you really looking out for? Um, I've been a Rockies fan my whole life and gotten the privilege to watch Trevor Story come up for his whole career. Um, Condolences. <laughs> I, I think that really is a great move for Boston. Uh, they're always finding a way to be competitive these days. And uh, Trevor Story, I, what I don't understand is why he switched positions. I was under the impression that he was firm on playing shortstop, but we don't know how he's a great defensive player as well, but we have to see how he's going to perform playing second base in Fenway Park. I, I believe he'll be good at going to second base. The thing you want to worry about is a second baseman going all the way to shortstop. That's that's the situation you want to be worried. But, you know, going from shortstop to second, there should be no problem with that. He's a major league player who plays at shortstop his whole career, which is fine. I am excited to see Trevor with that green monster. That's going to be a fun one. But if I, it, this is going to sound awful. But I'm really looking forward to seeing Freddie Freeman. I Now, I do Ooh. not want to root for the Dodgers at all. Yikes. Freddie Freeman is such a likable guy. Did that deteriorate by going to the Dodgers? Absolutely, yeah. But I'm excited to see this transition because we've never seen him on another team. I mean, he's been with Atlanta for countless amount of years, just won the World Series with them. And I, I'm kind of expecting a kind of a, hey, Atlanta, you shouldn't have let me go. But, I mean, if we're looking at, I think Atlanta made the smarter deal, though. I mean, getting Matt Olson, he's younger. They yeah, got a fantastic deal for him. Uh, and then Matt Chapman. The, the Toronto Blue Jays are going to be so fun to watch this year. The AL East is just as packed as the AFC West. But I'm so looking forward to what they can do up in Toronto. Yeah, and um, you're going to see a shift in the game this year in general in terms of offensive power with the, the universal designated hitter rule coming into effect. I think when you talk about Albert Pujols, it gives him the perfect situation. You know, growing up watching Albert play in St. Louis, he was one of the best players ever for a while. And, you know, hopefully he can get to that benchmark of the 700 home runs, but he has a role now with St. Louis. He can be that designated hitter. He can be that big bat 
coming off and uh, he can make some impact. But yeah, it'll be a great baseball season this year. Definitely excited for it. Yeah, with the designated hitter coming to the National League, now I can realistically see Albert hitting that 700 mark. If he had to play on the field, that would take a lot out of him as, you know, as he said in the past that his legs, they just, they're not what they used to be, which happens at an old age of when you're playing on the 162 games of baseball every year for countless amount of years. The Washington Nationals, they got new jerseys. The City Connect jerseys are coming out for the season. The Rockies are one of them. What do you want to see for the, the Rockies' new jersey? Man, the Rockies, I feel like they have kind of an iconic jersey and logo already. You know, the purple and the, the pinstripes I've always liked. But um, a little underrated note that I've always liked is um, back in 1998 when they had the All-Star Game at Coors Field, they had kind of these green things going on. They had the purple and green. I, you can imagine Ken Griffey Jr. up there in the home run derby just wrecking it. Uh, I, I would like to see, you know, maybe them switch it up from the black and purple. Uh, it'll be exciting. I love when new jerseys like this come out. It's always fun. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see the Rockies do something different, kind of break out of what they've been known for for the last 25-plus years. Yeah, I could do and then see them doing something with the colors of the Rockies state flag, something like that, because yeah, you don't want to do cool. you don't want to do the regular purple and black one because, you know, I mean, what else can you really do than change the font for the, what the Rockies already yeah. have right now? I mean, look at what Boston did. They did the same thing, kind of their, their state flag with the blue and yellow. Is it a good jersey? No, I don't think so. But at least they're trying something different than, and especially with a team like Boston, who is very traditionalist. I mean, look at the Celtics about, you know, all their new jerseys that have come out. Yeah, they stay pretty consistent. Yeah, they stay consistent. And I do think next year, Celtics will change that because they've been getting a lot of flack for it. And a lot of, not a lot of people want to buy those jerseys. Uh, But the one thing I do wish is that MLB, they did the City Connect jerseys for all 30 and one year. It is kind of exciting, though, waiting to see your teams. But there are still a bunch of teams that have to wait till 2023 still. But I do think this this year for MLB is going to be a good one. I was I was pretty down and out during the lockout. I was like, man, I don't care right now about baseball. And But when those words came out that saying the lockout's over, I was right back into it. And I've been watching every spring training game. I'm so into it. It's going to be a fun one. A lot of new, all sports in general right now have been getting a lot of moves, whether that be in trading or signing. You look at the NFL and then the MLB right now. I mean, they've had countless amount of names. One of the things is uh, Nick Cassianos and Kyle Schwarber. They hit home runs on the same game yesterday for the Phillies. Man, if we're talking about how the AL East was super stacked, the AL or the NL East is also super stacked when you got the Braves. The Mets, who got Scherzer, they still got the Grom. And then the Phillies with their uh, fantastic lineup and their pitching staff is pretty good, too. The bullpen is the one thing you got to look out for. What is that that team, Jack, that you think could possibly surprise everyone? You know, the Mets, I think they always have kind of a weird. They like always think that they're competitive, but then they never end up really producing. But when you have guys like Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer heading your rotation, I mean, who's going to stop that? I mean, they're still elite pitchers. And that you're right, that NL East is going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, and then you have the Marlins, too, who somehow, some way, always find a way to come out and surprise people. Uh, they had a good run a couple years ago. But uh, Atlanta, obviously reigning world champions, they're probably the favorite followed by Philly and New York Mets. I think the one team that people shouldn't not really be afraid of, but I think the Padres last year, everybody looked into them and 
But I do think they're going to come back and surprise a lot of people because eh, they got a good team. I know the Fernando Tatis with the injury and the motorcycle thing is a whole thing. But the Broncos still need an owner. And we'll give our fantasy owner picks next. And But this is the Unlimited Sports Show on Go Mile High, part of the Beyond Your Network. Colorado sports fans, you're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, fans! Live in the now! So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two, but I remember Oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama. What? You know, the Dalai Lama. Uh-huh. His laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri La? Well, apparently, some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than Go Mile High Dad Camp, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hey, man. What's wrong? I'm feeling lost. Lost? Yeah. I feel like my choices in life aren't getting me anywhere. And I feel like I don't have a voice. Well, did you know that the Colorado Media School is the perfect way for you to get that outlet? Really? Yeah. Because at the Colorado Media School, you can have a voice. Enrollment starts today. So find your voice at beyondair.com. It's changed my life. Let it change yours. Every day, across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it, and can change those who listen to it, too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do, not only school, but at life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. This is the Unlimited Sports Talk Radio Show, where we talk unlimited sports on Go Mile High Radio. Welcome back. 
This is the Unlimited Sports Show. I'm Go Mile High, part of the Beyond Air Network. I'm Michael Courier, and he is Jack Lynch over on the board. The Broncos still need ownership, and they're also looking possibly maybe a new stadium. Jack and I are going to talk about that. And, you know, here is what uh, Joe Ellis, the CEO for the Broncos, had to say on the Broncos ownership. Fine. At a high level, it will be the number one decision an owner, the new owner, will have to make, which is how are we going to proceed long term when it comes to the stadium? Will it ever be SoFi or Allegiant? Probably not. So that's something that a new owner has to look at. But there are all kinds of things that, that go into evaluating a new stadium. And, and one of them, the most important, is, is how much is it going to cost and what is my investment mean in terms of return when I do that. But I think from a big picture business perspective, that will be issue number one on the, uh, on, uh, the next owner's plate. One thing, though, that they will not have to worry about the, you know, the amount of money that it'll take for a new stadium is that they get, if they get someone like Jeff Bezos to be the owner. But, Jack, who's the owner that you would want to see for the Broncos? I'm, there's a lot of people talking about, like, you know, some Jeff Bezos type guy, just one person going to buy the team. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be a couple different people, uh, maybe people we haven't heard of publicly, at least in like a celebrity sense. But um, then you always have the possibility of guys like Peyton Manning and John Elway hopping on board one of these investment groups. So I think we're going to see an unfamiliar name be the head, but then they're going to bring somebody like Peyton or John Elway in there to kind of be the face of it. Um, I think it's going to be multiple different parties involved in this. And it almost seems like a little bit of a pipe dream to see just one of the richest men in the world just outright buying the Broncos like that. Seems a little unreasonable, but um, what we can hope for is just a group of people who obviously have the capital and uh, who want to win football games for this historic organization. If I could choose anybody, it'd probably be the trio of Jeff Bezos to hand out that cash, Peyton Manning to be the leader, and give me some Shannon Sharp as that ownership as well to kind of give that spice to the team because, you know, at least two of the three are really going to care about you know, winning and putting, because the last thing you want is an owner that does not care about winning. And you of all people, Jack, should know that being a Rockies fan. Wow. Sorry about the low blow as always. I Uh, I have to take it when I can. I mean, I just, it seems unrealistic for there to just be a one guy come in, be all end all, build a new stadium, sort of take care of all the financial needs. I just don't think that's going to happen. I mean, obviously, anybody even in the conversation for buying an NFL team has mad cash on hand. But um, I think the passion for football and the passion for the city of Denver and this organization is more of a priority than just the outright money to have in general. No, I agree with that. But there's one person that can really afford that cash as Jeff Bezos. I'm sure he can buy probably. He, I, I, didn't I hear something that he could actually buy all the NFL teams if he really wanted? He probably could, man. He has a ridiculous amount of money, more than you can ever spend in a lifetime. So why not? I mean, if he's into that sort of thing and he's a true venture capitalist sort of guy, why not buy a football team? See what you can do. Um, the resources are definitely a big part of it, but Again, we need somebody who's going to run this, you know, kind of in the Pat Bowen way, kind of rooted in tradition and being an outstanding organization for the rest of the NFL. 
Yeah. So if it comes to, if we're talking about stadium now, because there, there's been talks of moving the stadium to closer to the airport. What's your opinion on that? Do you like that or no? Um, I've heard a lot of mixed reactions on that. Obviously, having one of the nicer stadiums in the NFL would be great. But, you know, I really like where the Broncos are at right now, currently geography based wise, like right there in the heart of downtown. Uh, parking <laughs> is definitely a bit of an issue. And it's not like Coors Field or uh, something like that, where there's lots of restaurants and sort of nightlife things going on around the stadium, but I don't really see a reason for the Broncos to move right now. I mean, it's not like they have FedEx field or anything like that. The stadium is still perfectly adequate. I think we're kind of getting a little greedy as Bronco fans, you know, with all the new stuff coming in, we want the biggest, nicest, shiniest of everything. But I, I don't think there should be a rush on building a new stadium. I mean, there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with the one we have now. And then except fires, except. Yeah, you're right. And except <laughs> fires breaking out, destroying some of the suites. But then you end up sort of with like a Texas Rangers or Atlanta Braves situation, like just sort of moving for the sake of moving when you have a perfectly functioning stadium already. I don't know what that does to a fan base. I think no, no matter where you move the stadium, Broncos country is always going to follow it. But I, I kind of like I kind of like the idea of moving it towards the airport. This is coming from someone who lived right next to Broncos Stadium before. It's atrocious. Every single game day, <laughs> they shut the roads down. You can't even get to your yeah. parking garage. So you just got to park on the street somewhere and find it. And then all the because that's the only thing that's really around the field is houses and apartment buildings. Like you were saying with the Rockies, it's more downtown. They have uh restaurants around where Broncos Field doesn't have that. I mean, unless you want to start walking up and down Federal and get some good tacos. I mean, there's really not much to do around there. But the other question is, is people are talking about a domed stadium or some sort of retractable roof. Do you think that would be good in terms of ability to host future events? Or do you think that's a little bit extra? First, I want to ask, do you frequently go to Federal? Because when I moved here, the first thing I was told, stay away from Federal. Oh, man. I, Federal has some good food, man. If you're looking on the cheap and for some food poison, <laughs> no, man, they got, there's some good restaurants up there. There's a, there's a lot of stuff around there, but again, it's, it's so hard to walk to around from the stadium parking itself. Like it's not like, you know, Coors Field, obviously going back to that. There's so many things within walking distance, but yeah, I could see it being more of an experience for people who choose to make that trip if they decide to build it out there by the airport. But going back to the roof thing, what do you, what do you think about that? I don't really have a, much of an opinion on it. I, I do like, if I had to choose, I would prefer the open kind of field. But if you do do a close, I don't think that's that bad either. I mean, as long as they have it where they can retract it. I mean, I think what LA did was amazing. I mean, yeah, they kind of made of their own little town. Yeah. Off of the field. Why can't Denver do that? Have their own little experience over by the airport. It would be much easier for fans in general of just making that drive instead of trying to find parking and not getting parking over in Denver. Yeah. Then you'd have the issue of like light rail would probably have to go out there. Um, 
Broncos country, like you said, is always going to follow their team. It's never going to be a problem, I don't think, with attendance or anything like that. But it's sort of a matter of look. Like, do we want to be at the forefront of this kind of new NFL stadium sort of thing where they have towns, like you said, like in L.A., that's like a basically a town built around it, a little football village. And the Rockies have something like that going with McGregor Square down there. Um, It would be good for the Broncos, but I just don't think we need to rush. I don't think we're in desperate need for a new facility like some other teams are. One of the things that NFL did rush was changing that uh, possession and playoff overtime rule change. Uh, It's actually been approved by NFL owners. Uh, This is what Roger Goodell had to say. This is an issue. I think they like the overtime rule in the regular season. I don't necessarily mean believe that just because we're doing the postseason that'll lead to that in the post uh, in the regular season. So it's basically college football now at this point, or you know, each team gets a chance, and I'm glad with that. And I know a bunch of people are going to go, oh well, you know, Kansas City wanted it and they didn't get it, and now that the Buffalo Bills are whining, now they get it. But same thing happened with Kansas City in this past postseason. But do you want it to also? slide into the regular season or do you want it just to be postseason only i think it's good starting this rule just having it in the postseason i mean the way that the rule is set up currently in the regular season makes it exciting like no doubt about it like when your team scores that first touchdown on that first drive to walk off the night there's definitely no better feeling than that but it makes it more of a competitive game like you're gonna have to start relying on your defense more with this new overtime rule so Maybe that'll make for some more exciting sort of back and forth games like that Buffalo, Kansas City game. I think it's good to start off like this to see how it works in the postseason. I mean, Roger Goodell even said so himself in that press conference before that the NFL overtime rules have been changing so many times in the past couple of years. I think this is the one, though, where it'll it'll stick for a bit. But I am not a big fan of the whole tying in the regular season games. I mean, yeah, that style, that Steelers, Lions, that... <laughs> we don't need ties in football. That I've is where the Lions should have won. They should have won their first game right there. <laughs> yeah, maybe they have some kind of like, I don't know, like a shootout kind of deal if it goes to more than one overtime. Yeah, kind of like a uh, four points where no. whoever can <laughs> hit the post for the field goal. You still against that? Yeah, that's kind of a dorky rule that you just kind of made up. I think it's fun. It's exciting. And if know. your team is down by four and they have a chance to tie it, why not try and hit that goalpost? That's the best thing to do. And it's a good it's a good hot take and you know it, but you're just upset that you didn't come up with it. I don't know. I just I feel like it's so random. Like I don't know if that's really what how many situations are you down by four and then you need to rely on your kicker to hit a piece of metal? on the upright when they've been training their whole professional career to make it in between. Exactly. They're professional. They can do it. Happens about once every 50 times, Jack. I would love, I would love for those situations where it's like, come on, please hit the goalpost for once. I just don't know. And a double doink will count as eight. But this is the Unlimited Sports Show. Part of the ongomilehide.com. Part of the Beyond Air Network. We'll be right back. Hey, 
Colorado sports fans, you're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, fans. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it, too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands in Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, two one. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hey, man. What's wrong? I'm feeling lost. Lost? Yeah. I feel like my choices in life aren't getting me anywhere. And I feel like I don't have a voice. Well, did you know that the Colorado Media School is the perfect way for you to get that outlet? Really? Yeah. Because at the Colorado Media School, you can have a voice. Enrollment starts today. So find your voice at beyondair.com. It's changed my life. Let it change yours. This is the Unlimited Sports Show. It's where you get all the unlimited sports information you need. Breathing is hard. Beer tested. Somebody stop that Welcome back to the Unlimited Sports Show. I'm Michael Trier and Jack Lynch is on the board. It is time for overrated, underrated, or just right. For my first one on the overrated, underrated, or just right, I'm going to go with sports betting. And I am going to say overrated. They encourage <laughs> they encourage gambling addiction. And not, not to mention their obnoxious constant advertising too. That is that is number one for me. Okay, that's fair. I, I personally am not a sports better. I'm not one of those people who's into that. It definitely can be a lot of fun. I'm going to say you're right. It is overrated because, you. you know, there's so many people who just literally throw their money it's away. It's all they care about. 
It's all they care about. And it's and, and in my opinion, it's ruining the sport for that person. Because all they're thinking of is money. They're not for the love of True. the sport. They're not paying attention for the right reasons. I agree. And this is coming from someone who had a gambling addiction when it came to sports. And <laughs> it wasn't real sports. It was MLB The Show, PAX. <laughs> yeah. As a kid in middle school, I remember specifically it was my first MLB The Show. And I just kept ripping packs over and over and over. And I couldn't stop. I, we definitely, the whole micro transaction thing, like oh. I, I will not sit here and act like a person who doesn't spend a little too much money on Pokemon Go on my phone. But when it comes okay, to Okay, that's sports, even worse than sports betting. <laughs> every once that's in a while. Worse you know, you can throw down 10 bucks every once in a while. Same with sports betting, but people get really carried away with it. Like these, some of these prop bets, dude, are like... I just wonder, like, do these people have homes to support? Do these no. people have children and no. wives? And it's like, make a couple safe bets every once in a while for the fun of it, but don't let it dictate your sports viewing experience. Be a fan first. Mm-hmm. Love the game. Appreciate the have the best athletes in the world competing yeah. on the highest level. So I, I'm gonna strongly agree with you on wow. overrating. On I'm that. shocked. We agree on this one. Wow. Hardly. Okay, you throw me one. <laughs> All right, over underrated the return of Tom Brady and its impact on the NFL. Is that, you know, the whole story with his retirement was such a big deal. They gave him his sort of swan song, his farewell. You saw all the ESPN type accounts just tweeting out the list of stats. Does this hurt his legacy? Is this return overrated or underrated in terms of impact on the NFL? I'm underrated i mean look at the season he had last year i mean if you really counted it like what the nfl like or what the nba kind of does with their voting tom brady's number two in nfl mvp i think this is fantastic for tampa because without tom brady returning tampa bay was absolutely lost they didn't know what they were doing or what they were going to get out of this coming season and with brady coming back he really brought the the players that were free agents for the bucks like uh oh what's his name the wide receiver goodwin Brought Goodwin back, and he was just shooting those texts back, saying, "I'm coming back." And Mike Evans and all of them are like, "Really?" I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I think it's a uh, great for his career. I mean, I feel like we all saw this coming, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, from the moment it was announced, like it was like, "Oh, is he really going to retire? Is he not?" There was a lot of speculation around that, but um, it definitely makes football and especially that NFC South division a lot more competitive now. Yeah, the NFC really. I mean, they were lost without Brady. Brady's really the only one that's really surviving over there as a top-tier quarterback. Rodgers. That's why it opened it. <laughs> I mean, Rodgers and Brady are carrying. It's true. But, I mean, he's still Aaron Rodgers. We can't discount that. I, discount the NFC is theirs for the taking. Honestly, it's Brady and Rodgers. Like, they have – who's going to beat them in the NFC? But I believe that's why Brady came back. The thing that does shock me, though, is that – he came out on Instagram, social media, saying that this is it. I'm retired. Yeah. And then he came back because usually he's so calculated and so smart with his decision making. Mm-hmm. I, that, that's the only thing that surprises me is that he, he came out and said it and he did come back. Yeah, we've kind of grown accustomed, at least in Denver around here, to sort of perfect endings to quarterbacks' careers like with John Elway and Peyton Manning. It was never really a question. It was just sort of a firm like, mm, this is happening. And they were just lucky enough to be able to do it in the position of winning a Super Bowl. So I think Brady would have probably liked to have that career ending, ending on top oh, and yeah. calling it quits. But he wants one more crack at it, man. 
Yeah, his favorite his favorite ring is the always the next one. Do you think this coming year is then Brady's last year, or do you think he'll play after that? I mean, he's what is he forty five, forty six? No, not yet. Forty four. He maybe? was saying earlier that he wanted to retire. Forty five. I heard that. Um, um, forty five. He's forty four years old. I mean, I, he's a guy who's going to play as long as he can. I don't think he's going to go out there sort of you know half strength and try to compete still. I think if it's time, it, he'll end it this year. But I, I mean, I don't know. It's Tom Brady, man. Like, I'm just hoping he doesn't go out with an injury. Yeah, that I would hope be terrible. He gets out when, when it's his time. But it's going to be fun to see Tom Brady back in the NFL. All right, here's another overrated, underrated one for you: the San Antonio Spurs as a franchise in general. Ooh. And this kind of goes along with That's the a whole good one. the Tim Duncan. I feel like not a lot of people talk about Tim Duncan enough. And I know he's quiet, but that's also what the Spurs are in general. I mean, five championships since 1999, the highest winning percentage among active NBA franchises, highest winning percentage of any franchise in the major professional sports league, the U.S. and Canada over the past three decades. Yes. And from 1999 to 2000, season 2016-17, the Spurs won 50 games each season. So that's 18 consecutive seasons going above 50 wins. So Um, for me, they are insanely underrated. Uh, is how much of that is Greg Popovich though? Like, is that the San Antonio Spurs in general, or is that Greg Popovich kind of pushing them over the edge? You know, those early two thousand, mid two thousand Spurs teams were so much fun to watch, and part of the reason why I got into basketball was watching guys like Tim Duncan and Ginobili, and they were just a perennial contender every year. But again, I'm going to say the Spurs as a whole overrated based on just that because of that but you got how much of that you got to give to greg popovich we can solely give by greg himself popovich all the credit he but wants is he the spurs yeah i mean he kind is he of not is. the president too or True. some type but once he goes away will they still have that level of i'm saying for what they've done now Absolutely. and from what they've done since night they're one of the great the great dynasties of basketball for sure but I just don't know how much that is like a commitment of an organization versus having one of the best coaches okay. ever in pro okay. sports. Hey. Okay. So San Antonio Spurs from 1999 to 2016-17. That's what we're talking about. Overrated, underrated. Oh, they're they're underrated in some aspects like that. I mean, I'm I thought you were confused. talking about them at the, as a whole, as a franchise. Yes. Greg Popovich but what did they as do a whole is part of the Spurs franchise. What he was, is their NBA coach. Could you name one player who played for the Spurs before that era? Before Greg, Greg Popovich? Or yeah. Who? No. <laughs> so what? But <laughs> you are trying to take my overrate under it and you're trying to twist it somewhere. No, I am giving you the stats of what me. they've done as a franchise. Okay. So In that want, time period, I would say, uh, I mean... They're, they're up there. Like they're in those conversations of the best sort of dynasties that there have been. So I don't know if they're underrated. I mean, geez, oh, Pete. I don't know. It's kind of a tricky question. Okay. Go, talk give me yours. Then. They're underrated. Right. I'm answering for you. All right. So let's go back. Let's switch it up. Stay in basketball. The Brooklyn Nets fully healthy. Are they over or underrated? Fully healthy, like if Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, yeah. not Ben Simmons because we haven't really seen him yet. But with Kyrie and KD leading the forefront, where are they? I feel like just about right. I can't really say overrated or underrated because I feel like we haven't seen enough of those. They two are the really eight seed. Them. I mean, they're a pretty dang talented eight seed. Yeah, I agree. But that's the thing; they haven't been able to stay healthy. So I'm not going to say they're underrated. 
when they haven't been out on the court. So I'm going to say it's just about right. It's going to be interesting playing, that's for sure. Definitely. And once it's playoff mode and you have presumably Kyrie Irving back full time, uh, I think they're going to be scary. So you think they're just about right? Yeah. I mean, if they get... Okay, so if you were saying they were all healthy, say like Ben Simmons is on the court, I'm going to say they're probably underrated. Yeah, could be because we don't know. I mean, Ben Simmons could come in there, step in and push him over the top in terms of championship contender. Yeah, but that won't happen. All right, give me the next one. <laughs> a Philly fan. <laughs> all right, the next one we have the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, they're in a lot of talks. You know, they're still thinking about, I, I saw something earlier about potentially re-signing OBJ. Where do you think the Browns are at in that division? Happen. That will not happen. Where do you think the Browns are? I'm going to say the Browns are overrated. Overrated. I don't think that locker room is going to be a good one. True. And Deshaun Watson, you know, it just came out, Roger was saying in the press conference that he's still, even though he's not guilty on all those civil cases, he'll still suspend him. So I think, and I know that Amari Cooper is on the Browns, but I still don't think that locker room is going to gel well together. Yeah, I I mean, the talent certainly with Deshaun Watson can't be ignored. But when it comes down to team but chemistry we don't, and we don't know what Deshaun's going to be really be yet. Ooh, true. We're missing all that time. It's true. You, not too many people just casually take that amount of time off and come back and jump right back in it. Well, you didn't want to take that time off. That's for sure. <laughs> but no, I'm going to say the Browns are overrated. Give me the next one. All right. The next team we have is the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz locked in there, kind of at that 3-4 spot. Where are they in terms of over and underrated in the grand scheme of things? Probably just right. I think, I know Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert have never really gotten along. So that's why I'm kind of iffy because I think they can be a great talent. I mean, 26-11 at home. They are 19-19 away though. So that's the one kind of thing. And they are on a four-game losing streak. I right For right now, I'm going to say, you know, middle of the road. They're just about right. You know, fifth seed is not that bad. But it could turn ugly real quick. That's all we have time for today. I'm Michael Kerr. He's Jack Lynch. This was the Unlimited Sports Show. I'm going mile high. Part of the Beyond Your Network. This has been the Elevated Sports Podcast. Please like and subscribe and follow at Elevated underscore Sagala, S-I-G-A-L-A, on Twitter and Elevated Sports Community on Instagram for updates and interactions with the host. Remember to always stay elevated.